You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, Episode 18. Today we have a great show, beginning with a bit of a primer on how to make the sell decision, particularly when we focus on a good stock. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a question from a listener about Questor Technologies, Inc., QST on the TSX Venture, a true microcap which has seen its share price fall from just under $5 to the $0.70 cent range in a very tough market for energy service stocks. We look to see if it is now, finally, the time to buy again. Our dog of the week, we highlight one of the worst performing stocks on the TSX over the past year and formerly the largest company by market cap less than 18 months ago on the exchange. That would be none other than Valiant Pharmaceutical Inc., VRX on the TSX. Our star of the week is Nutrisystem, NTRI on the NASDAQ, a provider of weight management products and services, including Nutrisystem and the South Beach Diet, which reported strong fourth quarter and full year-end results this past week, sending the stock soaring. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Keystocks, and on Facebook. Now let's dig into the show. I would again like to welcome my co-host, Keystone Senior Equity Analyst, a father of one, and a man who was so shockingly impressed by the trade deadline moves this past week from his Vancouver Canucks, that he is considering removing the paper bag from his head he has worn to each game this year at his next game. Mr. Aaron Dunn. Hello, Ryan. How are you doing this morning? I am great. I am great, and I'm uh, actually looking forward to that next game we're going to. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a little while, so that uh, that should be good. And, and you you asked to borrow my paper bag, so... I'm still I'm still wearing the bag. I, I, I'm not convinced. I'm not on board with the. I, I'm on board with the rebuild, but I'm not convinced that the uh, management has the stomach or the ownership has the stomach to do it. But we could go on about that all a long time or all day. Let's get into the show. We're going to talk first about the sell decision, because investing really is not just knowing about what stocks to buy. It's also about knowing when to sell an individual stock, and that decision in our minds becomes more difficult that sell decision becomes more difficult when you're dealing with a very good company that you own now our decision to sell is most often based on a stock exceeding or significantly exceeding by say 25 to 50 percent in some cases what we consider to be its fair value based on earnings or cash flow that's simplifying it a bit but it, it's a good example of uh, some of the guidelines that we use if it is a great company that we want to own and we're looking to own say for three to ten years the decision becomes more complex so what some of the things we take into account are the general list or risk level of a stock we often break down stocks into a couple of categories particularly in our growth stock area of the business um, this would be long-term cyclical businesses being less risky and cyclical stocks being more risky so long-term business uh, cyclical businesses are, are companies with recession-resistant businesses that are not completely dependent on a business cycle or a commodity price movement. A great example or real-world example of this is a stock we've recommended 
for now the past nine years in the Boyd Group. All they do is do auto body and glass repair. Uh, recession or not, people tend to fix their means of getting from A to B or their vehicle. So that's a good example of a recession resistant or non-cyclical business. Cyclical stocks are companies whose businesses are dependent upon an economic cycle or say an underlying commodity price such as oil producers or gas or a gold stock. Now we tend to, to hold a stock longer if it is a non-cyclical uh, well-run business even if it passes a fair value by say 10% um, as we're not in the business of timing in and out of a stock. However, when we're looking at a cyclical stock, such as an energy service stock, we are far more likely to sell and take profits if that stock exceeds its fair value relatively significantly. Uh, we've never gone broke using this strategy and we'll continue to employ it going forward. In fact, I'll give you another. We love to give real-world examples. We think it helps our listeners and our clients. Uh, we recently employed this strategy with a stock that we've recommended uh, to our clients for about four years now. It's been a tremendous performer for us. The company is High Arctic, HWO on the TSX. It's a classic case of a great cash-flowing business. Uh, the company services a very cyclical energy sector, though, uh, so it would fit in that cyclical stock category. We actually, like I said, owned it for four years, originally buying at 220. Uh, it's raised its dividend three times. Uh, we issued a sell report on this company recently in the $6.20 range. So this stock returned us around 200%, including a very solid monthly dividend. Now, to be blunt, High Arctic was not a terribly expensive stock when we when we put out our sell order, but it's a very cyclical industry and a number of trusted sources that we believe and look at and uh, when we look at this segment, believe we may see a, a pullback in the price of oil. Now we took the run up in the stock of around 65% over the last five months as an opportunity crystallized to crystallize our profits. We saw fair value closer to the 525 range. So the stock had exceeded uh, are high, the higher end of our fair value by around 12%. Now, this may be a stock that we actually buy back into at some point, as the name gives us great exposure to the energy services sector. Uh, but we do not see near-term near growth in cash flow uh, in this segment, and we're not invested here. This is the only stock in the service sector that we really have owned over the past two years. Uh, we may revisit it. But uh, right now, that gives you an idea of the methodology behind our sell decision, even on a good stock. Yeah, and I think another thing to mention as well is that is that in some cases, the, the decision to sell doesn't have to be 100%. You don't necessarily have to sell 100% of your position just because yeah, you're, really good point. Yeah, really you're, good you're point. seeing a point where, where the stock is becoming fairly, fairly valued or, or, or moderately overvalued. Um, you could sell a quarter, you could sell half of a position. And in fact, we do all that. We do, we do that all the time. Uh, it, in the case of HWO, because it was a, it is a cyclical company, there is a higher level of risk and it's not going to be the type of company that just year over year over year is going to build value. And that's the reason why as well, I think that when we, we make our profit, when we see it, it move above what we think is a fair value. We just, we just sell the entire position, but certainly there's been a lot of cases where we said, you know, we've made a great return on this company. We've made a hundred percent, maybe 200% or more. We still like it long-term, but it's more expensive than it was before the growth is slowed. Um, so let's sell half, take our money off the table 
and and leave a little bit to Ryan. And and when we've done that in the past, typically it's worked out well. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's an excellent point that you're making there. Taking you don't have to sell your entire position. Uh, we often have have advised or even advised clients generally. We've had stocks go up 100 percent. You take 50 percent off the table. Uh, you've taken all your risk capital out of that company, and, and you can kind of ride. Uh, that winner going forward uh, with you know your risk capital, the the capital that you put up to invest in that company already out of the stock. So it can be a great strategy to use. Now we're going to look at our uh, stars and dog segment. We're going to begin with our dog of the week, and I'm going to let Aaron take that one. From our stars and dog segment, it's time for this week's dog. Sure. So dog of the week, uh, Valiant Pharmaceuticals, symbol is VRX on the Toronto Stock Exchange. So I'm pretty sure that this company has made our dog of the week in the past. It's uh, it's made a lot of people's dogs list over dog list over the last year here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the, the stock dropped 17% this past week and is down 80, 84% over the past year. They, re, they just reported their latest set of quarterly results. Um, and announce the sale of assets to pay down debt. So looking at the results, so total revenues uh, for Q4 were $2.4 billion, $9.7 billion for fiscal 2016. Reported earnings per share were negative $1.47. So they lost $1.47 in, in earnings per share for the quarter, lost $6.94 for the year. Um, however, they make adjustments to their to their earnings to um, better align the earnings with to basically take out what they consider to be things like accounting charges, um, charges that don't really have a, an economic consequence for the company, like non-cash charges, things that aren't recurring. So when you adjust those earnings based on the way management says that they should be adjusted, earnings per share actually go up to positive $1.26. For the quarter and five forty-seven, five dollars and forty-seven cents for the year. Uh, adjusted EBITDA um, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization was one point oh five billion for the quarter and four point three billion for the year. And then cash flow from operations was was five hundred million for the year, or sorry, five hundred million for the quarter and two point one billion for the year. So. If you look at the numbers on an adjusted basis, if you look at the stock price, right now the company is trading around uh, $17 in the market. So you you take $5.50 per share in, in adjusted earnings for the year and, and you're getting a, a price to, to earnings multiple of around three times. Well, I mean, that is just ridiculously cheap. I mean, that is that is just ridiculously cheap if you're looking at a, a at a profitable company yeah you, you don't you don't see that if, you, you don't if we see could it. believe these numbers yeah. you don't see it that that basically says that the market is not believing the numbers that that's basically yeah. saying that that the market is is either ex, either saying that those adjusted figures are not adjusted properly that that they don't believe that those that that is the actual economic value being generated during the period um, or that that those those that there's a major risk that those earnings are going to disappear um, in in the near term. So that's something that you have to consider as as somebody who's a value investor. You look at a company like this, and y- you know you see a valuation that low. That's when you really have to think, okay, something's going on here. You you don't typically you almost never get a company that that is at all decent for a valuation that low. So. 
the company itself is is making changes. I'm trying to restructure itself. It's referring to itself as the new Valiant in its quarterly uh, earnings release, um, and it's 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 trying to basically turn the company around. So one of the big problems here is 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 that they do have uh, they do have a massive amount of debt, and that that was something that we noticed when we were you know when the stock was well over I think it was over two hundred dollars at one point. Um, the market was loving it. The the financials look pretty good, but the debt is 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 extremely high. So what they've done is they've um, they they've sold some assets which they consider to be declining assets, and they they use that to to pay off debt. But but I mean just just barely they the debt load at the end of 2016 was um, 29.85 billion dollars, and that's just barely down from the year before when it was 30 billion, just over 30 billion dollars. So minor debt repayment um, and if you look at so 30 billion dollars in debt and then if we're looking at their market cap well their entire market capitalization the value of of their equity in the market is is only 6.5 6.1 billion right now so 30 billion in debt 6 billion in equity that that is that is a massive leverage that that is huge leverage and that that is one of the things that the market is looking at and is is very cautious about with the company when you have a company with a lot of debt like that, it massively increases risk, and it also increases the company's flexibility. Uh, in the past, what they've done is they've acquired products and rolled them into their company, and it's really difficult to acquire products when you when you have so much debt. So they they do expect um, about looking forward about one point nine billion in proceeds from already announced divestitures, divestitures, and they will um, presumably use that to pay down more debt but once again you're you're still i mean you really have to chip down at that debt you you got to bring it down to you know probably a level that we're not going to see the company be able to do for for several years so looking at this company like i said i'm pretty sure it's been on our dog list before i may be thinking of concordia which is which is an affiliated company uh regardless you know both companies the, these are two companies that two years ago a little over two years ago, the market was just loving and and bidding up um, week after week, month after month, and now nobody nobody likes it. So th- these are the Valiant is definitely one we would stay. We'd continue to stay away from this company. Yeah, for sure, it definitely makes it our dog of the week. It's a dog of the year, a dog of the past eighteen months to two years, really. But I mean, it, the debt levels are shockingly high, and this company was just really a house of cards. A roll-up strategy that really started to fall apart uh, when you couldn't keep, you know, m- making acquisitions out of debt, making more acquisitions out of debt, and now you're seeing the company's three business units saw each of them saw sales declines year over year in the past quarter, and just two of its 15 reported sub-segments grew sales over the same period last year. So it's a, a declining business that's debt-heavy. Um, and, and when you talk about 15 reported sub-segments, the other thing that we've noticed about the company is it's incredibly complex, complex structure. It's just a company that we you know, would stay away from. Many, many moving parts. Yes. So in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we're going to look now at Questar Technologies. Uh, QST on the TSX Venture trades around $0.74. Cents. It's a, a micro-cap situation. It has been extremely profitable in the past. Uh, we're going to look at it today. 
Questor is an international environmental clean tech company founded in late 1994. It's headquartered in Calgary, Alberta. They design, manufacture, and service high-efficiency waste gas combustion systems, as well as power generation systems and water treatment solutions utilizing waste heat. Their proprietary incinerator technology is utilized worldwide in the effective management of methane, hydrogen, sulfide, gas, volatile organic hydrocarbons, and hazardous gas. It has a great balance sheet for a microcap, 5.7 million or 21 cents per share, which is just 30, uh, around 30% of the company's market cap in cash. It has zero debt. The issue here is revenues, earnings not growing, and, and effect, in, uh, effectively earnings are negative at this point. Uh, for the third quarter, revenues were actually $1.7 million, which is consistent from the $1.7 million recorded in 2015, which is actually fairly strong given the fact that they've continued to experience declines in sales of the company's incinerator uh, business as a result of lower drilling activities and constraints on capital spending in North American oil and gas sector due to depressed oil and gas prices. Now, our take on this stock, the prolonged downturn, like I said, in the oil and oil and gas prices continue to decrease the activity levels and capital spending in the oil and gas sector in 2016 and heading into 2017. And the trend has largely continued this year. Uh, Questor remains focused on managing through the current industry downturn. And again, like I said, holds a strong balance sheet, but near-term cash flow has been crippled. Management believes the Canadian government's target to reduce methane emissions by 45% by 2025 will create an opportunity for the company long term. Now, this appeared to be the case ahead of the collapse in energy prices. In a recovery, we do see Questor as a viable option. We see it as well run, possessing good tech, but from an investment perspective right now, until we see more significant uptick in energy prices, say oil to the 65 US, a barrel or above on a sustained basis. We do not see value here even as a trade. Uh, if oil pulls back again in the summer or into the fall, shares will likely have another move lower and we will revisit the stock in tax loss selling at the end of, of 2017, but it would only be as a higher risk, potentially higher reward turnaround situation. So we'd monitor for energy price recovery right now. We're not investing in the sector. Uh, we touched on High Arctic earlier. Uh, High Arctic would likely be a name that we'd enter before this because it is still cash flow positive um, on a relative basis. And uh, we would enter probably that name, a far larger company as well, before this name. But this is one we keep on our monitor list right now. Yeah, it's, it, it's an interesting technology. And it really, if you look at the technology, I mean, it fits more into the environmental space. And it's it's... It, it is interesting how what they're trying to do is 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 reduce the environmental footprints of, of the energy industry, but ultimately because it is so dependent on spending in in the oil and gas industry, it 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 it, it really is is completely hitched its wagon to to that space. So regardless of of what people's expectations are in terms of you know environmental regulation and whatnot, if if the industry isn't doing well, it's it's going to be really hard for this company to do well and absolutely no financial momentum right now. So. It's, yeah, uh, we'd, we'd, we'd love to see an uptick, you know, in that segment. And then potentially, I mean, we think it's well run, well managed, has a good balance sheet. 
but uh, with no current profitability, you know, wouldn't make our initial criteria. It's one that we have looked at. We know the business uh, reasonably well. And, uh, you know, if there is an uptick in energy prices, uh, it'll be on our monitor list and one of the companies that we may uh, look at buying, but you may be able to get a cheaper price later this year if uh, energy prices move lower. So we're going to move to our star of the week, uh, a, a unique company. I'm going to have Aaron take that one away. From our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. Sure. Okay. So star of the week is Nutrisystem Inc. The symbol is N-T-R-I and the company trades on, trades on the NASDAQ exchange. So Nutrisystem is a weight loss management company and what they do is they sell prepackaged meals um, and meal plans and other types of products that, uh, that help people lose weight. The company just released its Q4 and year-end results last Monday and the stock is up 30% in, in, the, uh, in the last four trading days since. So in, in the report, revenues increased 18% and earnings per share increased 34% for the full year in 2016. Um, for the fourth quarter, revenues were up 21% and earnings per share were up 130%. A quoted from the CEO in the press release, he said, in 2016, we exceeded top and bottom line expectations as Nutrisystem continued to expand solutions for those looking to lose weight. We implemented a number of strategic actions designed to strengthen the business and propel future growth, such as investments in our multi-brand strategy, new product innovation, new marketing campaigns, and an enhanced customer experience. We expect our momentum to continue in 2017, with Nutrisystem having a strong start to diet season, coupled with the official launch of the South Beach Diet. We are extending our reach into new segments across the large weight loss market. We believe we are well positioned to deliver our fourth consecutive year double-digit revenue growth and have a plan in place that will generate long-term value for shareholders. So absolutely excellent results, uh, very solid outlook looking forward. Right now, the stock is trading at 41 times earnings. So obviously, that, that multiple has increased a lot over the last week with the share price up 30%. So 41 times earnings. So this is this is a classic situation. Excellent growth, strong outlook, but premium expensive valuation. If the company keeps growing earnings well into the double digits, then they will likely continue to, to command uh, a, a premium valuation. However, the, the risk here is that if they if they put out a quarter where um, they grow, say, just 10 to 15 percent, they grow earnings by 10 to 15 percent instead of the 30 percent or 100 percent. Um, while 10 to 15% earnings growth is still solid, that level of growth may actually disappoint the market given the premium expectations that the market has factored in to this company's share price right now. So this looks like an interesting story for growth for growth and momentum investors, but it's not one for uh, value growth investors. Um, nevertheless, solid earnings growth and a 30% bump in the share price definitely wins this company our designation of Star of the Week. It definitely has had a tremendous week. Um, one of the things that I'd note is when we look at businesses too, um, you know, th- people call this the South Beach Diet, which has got a ton of press uh, over the past several years. Um, they call it a fad diet, and anything we look at that has a, a fad associated with it, um, it, it carries a higher degree of risk. If the, if somebody comes along with a new diet or somebody disproves. Uh, one of the main tenets of that diet, 
um, it can you know it can really affect earnings going forward and that would affect the stock so it can be boom or bust with these type of uh, any type of fad type businesses and it is classified the south beach diet as a fad diet at this stage so we would you know just caution that uh, cash flow which is produced from the revenues from this company can be very fluctuative based on that fad and if we see any decline in the momentum in the financial momentum, the the yeah. growth momentum that this company has generated, then we're we're likely going to see that valuation contract. So they can continue to grow, and the stock price could go down if they don't grow at the level that the market wants to see. Yeah, when you're priced at a premium, there's no margin for error. So if there is any slight error, even just a, a decline in the growth momentum, uh, the stock can really get repriced quickly. But again, this week, Aaron, I'd like to thank you for co-hosting with me. A great show. Uh, and I'd like to encourage and listeners to uh, keep those questions coming in to, your, to our Your Stock, Our Take segment. Follow us on Twitter, at Keystocks. Follow us on Facebook. And again, as always, Aaron, profitable investing. Profitable investing.